0: Here at Text Talks, we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're excited to have Text Talks styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who are not afraid to be their authentic selves. You've got the look. Now come and have some fun with us in the sun. Together, Text Talks and Ray-Ban are saying, if you've got a challenge for us, no matter what it is, you are on. You can't predict the light, but with text Talks and Ray-Ban, you are always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You are on. Define your style at superbulous.com. Hello and welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to a self-taught DJ and producer from Soshanguve, who has risen within the ranks of South Africa's electronic music elite, courtesy of a dedicated work ethic and a banging discography. Born into a musical family, this DJ's ears were sharpened from an early age, developing a curiosity for house music that turned into a love affair with DJing and all aspects of production. His focus on prioritizing the mood of his music has let his tunes take on a deep, mind-moving, feel-good groove that is equal parts atmospheric, dark, and rhythmic. I'm, of course, talking about Cornelius Mashilane, better known to all of us as Cornelius S.A. Cornelius, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Uh, Great things.
0: Fantastic. It's... um, Been quite a process to get you onto the show. Uh in between construction and load shedding and weather. (laughs) Um I'm glad (laughs) I'm really glad that we could finally pin you down for a chat Uh, because you know that I've been watching your career with great interest. And you know that I have been following you on the socials and we've been interacting for so so long. Yeah. So (laughs) I know. So it's so good to finally be able to sit down and chat. But how we like to do things on text talks is, we take a look back yeah. at um, the the history of of the artist that that I talk to. So, I want you to take me back to growing up in Sosangguve, um, which is the undisputed house capital of SA in my mind. What was the environment that inspired you to start DJing in the first place?
1: Yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much for for the invite. I'm ge- I'm very uh, grateful to be part of the uh, text talk. So, uh, growing up in the hood was very nice and uh, very bad at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I grew up uh, wanting to become a music. I remember back in primary school, I used to, you know, tell my parents that I wanted to study music and all that but uh, in the hood, people who follow their dreams are not regarded as a human, so to say, uh, because um, they expect you to be a cop, they expect you to be a teacher, a doctor, you know, that's when you are regarded in the hood as someone who's successful, you know, but for me, I always had this uh, banning desire of wanting to uh, follow the passion of uh, making music. We had a music school uh, a few kilometers away from uh, where I stayed. And I remember telling my parents that I really, really want to, uh, you know, go study music. But uh, the thing is that always compare you with, you know, uh, other kids in the neighborhood. They went to university, they became doctors, they became teachers and all that, you know. Uh, It didn't matter if you uh, wanted to follow your dreams or not you know but growing in um uh, in the hood it was a really uh nice experience because uh the hood like is driven by art you know everybody in the neighborhood listen mm-hmm. to listen to music everybody listened to a music back in the days and uh old school, you know, that's what we used to call this genre, you know, the inner city kind of vibe. We used to call it like old school, Muzogwana. People who come from Sosha, they know that uh, we used to listen to a genre only known in Sosha Mguve as Muzogwana, meaning uh, old school. Muzogwana. Yeah, Am I pronouncing yeah, it correctly? Yeah, yeah meaning cool. uh, old school, you know. So that's the kind of vibe we grew up listening to. We had... Uh, guys who had dance groups you know like banzola guys who would dance to the music in the open streets all the exciting things i mean music has always been part of uh of the of the hood and i think uh, those are the things that influenced uh many of us to uh to follow music i mean um, we stay in the same area with um transmix soul uh, Black Motion uh, Maporesa you know all those guys like the same thing that I mentioned if you sit down with them and you ask them if what the most influential sound was in the hood it was uh, known as Mozo you know so uh, from that moment on that's way I developed uh, a passion of learning how to uh, how to DJ you know because I used to listen to radio <laughs> Radio Sozanguve. It was a big radio community radio station back in the days, you know. So I used to listen to the radio on Fridays. They'd play like really really nice music. I had a I had a tape recorder my grandfather gave to me, so I used to record music on cassettes and all that then I started having the curiosity of wanting to know how music is being produced, you know, how, how is it possible Mm -hmm. for sound to come out of the speakers and all that, you know, so that's when I started doing my research.
0: Mm -hmm. So you said that growing up in the hood was nice, but also not nice. So tell me how you cultivated that positive mindset that, Pulled you away from a space where you maybe wouldn't have been as creative, or maybe you would have ended up doing something
1: else. Yeah. So for me, um, i've I've always been uh, I've always been a loner, you know, and I've been reading a lot of uh, books. So I think that's one thing that helped me to uh, actually focus my mind on. Uh, on different things you know things that are considered uh unusual mm-hmm. by people who we grow up with in the hood i remember i lost uh, so many friends you know because i used to do things in a in a different way it was difficult for me to go chill by the corner with other guys because things they spoke about they were not so uh, exciting you know to me so like i said before uh The hood is a place where you have to decide if uh, you want to grow in the hood or you want to outgrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I'm making sense. If you want to outgrow the hood, you know, it's a very nice place. I'm not neglecting the hood. It's a very nice place to grow in because you learn so many things in such a uh, short space of time or at such an early time, you know, because we spend uh so much time with elders you know their uncles they you know aunts you know so it's easy to kind of uh, get advice in terms of uh which direction you should take you know but uh how you go about it it's it's obviously uh completely up to you so that's uh that's what i did and, and i mean it worked for me you know because i i had to uh, focus myself elsewhere. I never went to a multiracial school. Uh, I never knew how to speak English. Everything that I know, from from music to speaking to speaking English to uh, playing uh, at electronic events, you know, it's something that I. Uh, I think it's something that I manifested. It's something that I attracted, you know, because I always had that burning desire of learning uh, new things, you know. So a lot of people see me playing uh, at very huge electronic uh, music events and they think that I've been to uh, to a multiracial school. I get a lot of people who say, "Ah, oh, we thought you were white, you know, and all that. You know, that's something that I... Uh, i envisioned you know growing up you know and uh, i think that's what uh made me uh you know outgrow uh the hood <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
0: so you mentioned that you're pretty much self-taught and everything that you know and all the opportunities that have come your way and all the amazing things that you have done so far you've manifested you've attracted to yourself because you worked really hard Tell me about being a self-taught DJ. Where do you start? How does your curiosity develop? Do you have a friend that has gear? Like, are you, you know, staying at the club after hours and harassing the DJs and asking them how stuff works? Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So that uh desire of wanting to learn how to dj or how to make uh music you know started back when i started uh i think my grandfather actually my grandfather uh gave me his tape uh it's a tape radio there you can put in your cassette you can record music and all that you know, so on Fridays I used to listen to uh, radio, Sozhanguve radio, which like was the biggest uh, community radio station in in Sochanguwe. So I grew up listening to it. I I had like empty TDK cassettes every Friday because I wanted to record, uh, you know, music. <laughs>
0: Would you record you know, so... um, the music of the shows of the radio shows?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I would I'd do the same all, thing the with the
0: with <laughs> with the top forty on. I think it was like five FM back in the day, and then I would yeah. get so upset when the song would end, like before, because you know sometimes they don't play the, the the full song and then they fade out, and I'd be like, the full "No, song, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah," and they'd have that. Uh, what do you call it the voice over oh
0: my even worse on,
1: on top of the track you know that that used to <laughs> to break my heart so much you know I was like <laughs> crossing fingers all the time that oh i wish they don't have any voiceovers, <laughs> you know so later i met a couple of friends one of them uh was attending a music school in in jobek then uh he used to come to my place you know then we started sharing ideas of uh how music has been uh, produced, you know, that rose from my curiosity of wanting to know how, um, you know, sound was produced from radio because there was a time where I opened the radio because I wanted to see, you know, the, the people who spoke in um, the speakers and all that, you know, and I was like, ah. So, yeah, basically... Uh, we were just sharing ideas in in studio, you know, going from one friend to the other, sharing ideas of how music is being produced. And uh, there's a friend of mine uh, who used to have um, a huge vinyl rack. You know, I'd go to his place on Saturdays. That's the only time my parents would allow me to go out because they never wanted to hear anything about me, uh, me being... Uh, in the music industry or me me being involved in music. You know, so on Saturdays that allowed me to go to his place, spend the weekend at his place and I'd play records from Saturday, I think, and uh, until Sunday morning, you know, so I didn't sleep until I knew how uh, to play. It took me about three weeks or so. To learn how to play because i spent so much hours on on finals, you know so later later that year i think i was in metric and um there was this place called uh belebele Bele. that's where we used to play it was actually opposite my house you know that's where we used to play music on on weekends you know so this one time uh my friend invited me to come and play. I was so nervous and uh, scared, you know, because uh, the place was always crowded, like overcrowded, you know, they used to host uh, DJs like Zinte, you know, Black Motion has been there, Um, like a couple of international acts, uh, they've also played there, you know, so I was really scared to play um yeah but i i just gave it a, a shot and that's where uh, my djing uh career you know started um uh, happening
0: you spoke about uh belebele Bele, right that was the venue that you mentioned
1: yeah so yeah
0: another venue in pretoria that's known for throwing some of the best house music jewels is house 22 in sunnyside
1: house 22 yeah that's that's in town
0: yeah so wh- what was your relationship like with that venue
1: uh yeah house 22 like was the cap city of tip house music mm. my first time of going the uh they had invited a lot of uh, i think it was Rocco. He was uh, playing there. That was my first time of going to House 22. It's like a couple of kilometers away from my house. Like I have to drive. It's 30 kilometers away, you know. So that was my first time of actually experiencing the house music scene out of my hood. That was actually my first time. I guess it was everybody's first time to experience how big house music was in Pretoria. Uh, at house 22 that was the only place you know that brought uh the vibe you know that brought some uh live to uh to pretoria you know i mean considers that as the capital city of of uh, of deep house music worldwide. You know, if you go to Google and you search <laughs> the capital city of uh, house music in Pretoria, house 22 will, will always be on the top of the list, you know. So I think it really has shaped uh, me in terms of the direction I took. I remember there was a time uh, yeah, let me tell you the story since we spoke about uh, House 22. So, I can't wait, in, tell me. yeah, um, in 2015, I think, or 14, um, we lost our house in Soshanguve. We lost our house, then uh, we had to, you know, my parents had to go get a place that we can live in in the meantime while they're looking for a permanent place so we stayed there for a couple of months then we moved to the new place you know then um all my equipment got stolen at the at the place that we were renting at you know so it was a very uh depressing and full moment for me i
0: thought i thought that this uh, was going to be like a funny story and you're <laughs> just taking me to yeah. like the depths of emo-ness okay <laughs> okay continue this is horrible so then you lost all your gear that's yeah, it was stolen uh, yeah
1: yeah i lost all my gear then uh a friend of mine gave me his laptop he was like yo dude um uh, i don't want you to get stuck you know, here's my laptop. At least they stole my equipment, but they left uh, my MIDI keyboard, which is something I really needed for my production.
0: What nice thieves.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my neighbor, Bongani, used to come uh, at my house. He used to hear me uh, making music and all that, you know, uh, only to find to find out that he was also uh, interested uh, You know, and he knew so much about the entertainment industry. Even today, he knows more than I know, you know, because he's always uh, following up on articles. He's always watching TV and all that. So he asked me, he said, uh, what would you like me to do for you? And I was like, yo, I've been working on an EP. You know, I have like four tracks and, uh, you know, so many of my peers had these tracks and they really liked them. And he was like, okay, what's happening today around Pretoria? And I was like, oh, I saw Julian Gomes and uh, Kid Fonga hosting an event at uh, House 22. They were launching their label, Stay True Sounds. And he was like, okay, I have a car and I have 50 bucks. There's petrol in the car. We have 50 bucks to at least buy two drinks. And I was like, okay, I have 30 bucks. Now we have 70 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> then we drove over to house 22. Um, I remember seeing Julian Gomes from a distance, you know, seeing Kid Funk from a distance. I had a CD. I had written uh three of my tracks in that CD. It had no tag, you know. Uh, I was really scared to approach uh, Julian because the first and last time I saw him was on TV and the second time I'm seeing him at house 22, you know, I was really scared to approach these guys and uh, my friend was like, yo, dude, Bongani, the same, the very same guy, was like, yo man, you have to go for it, you know, that's the only reason why I drove you here. You know and i gave the cd to uh julian gomes and he was really excited and i had a few words with uh kid funk then uh we came back home after the event the next morning i woke up to julian gomes message on 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 my facebook on my personal account and um he was like really interested in Uh, my sound you know and (laughs) yeah that's how I actually got my first track keep your mouth uh, shut signed to um, stay true sounds you know so I'm telling you the story because I want to highlight how uh, how much uh, house 22 played uh, an important role you know not only for me, but for so many artists, you know, like I only got this opportunity at house 22, you know, of getting my music signed to uh, stay true sounds. So yeah, very sad yet, uh, very sad story with a happy ending. With the (laughs)
0: happiest of endings. Oh my gosh. But what goes through your mind when you wake up And you check your Facebook page, and there's a message from Julian Gomes, like the bastion of house music, and he's saying, like, "Yeah, cool. (laughs) Let's do this thing." Like, what? What is the first thing that goes through (laughs) your mind?
1: Yeah, it took me back to a time, you know, while I was in Sochangufe, I remember I used to tell some of my friends that, "Yo, you see these guys you see on TV." I'm gonna be rubbing shoulders with them sooner or later. You know, it sounded like a joke. You know, they used to laugh at me like really hard. You know, I'd get hair and I'm like, Oh man, this guy they don't they don't believe in me, you know? <laughs> so yeah, every time like the the the, the 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 morning I woke up to that message, like uh you know, it really gave me the courage to to keep moving forward, you know, to keep on Mm. chasing the dream. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I can tell you that they're not laughing now. Now they're probably crying if they didn't believe in you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So before we continue with the episode, we would just like to tell you about something that is very close to our hearts over at TechStalks. And that's the people of South Africa. During these unprecedented times, those who are the most vulnerable have had to shoulder an almost impossible burden, the daily struggle to find food. The never-ending lockdowns have made an existing situation worse, with those in need struggling to find a solid meal. Enter SA Harvest. SA Harvest is based on four essential pillars, and one of them is innovation. As innovators in the food rescue space, they constantly look for new solutions to combat food waste and hunger in South Africa. So if you have any bright ideas, head on over to saharvest.org and share your solutions. And now back to the episode. But I I read that a life-changing moment for you was attending the Red Bull Music Academy in 2018. And I'll get to that. We'll get to talking (laughs) about that. But... There's another yeah. competition that I want to talk about first, which was in 2015 when you and your friend oh. Chico de Groove entered and won yeah. a CTMF competition. I remember that, but mm, you basically it's... missed your own show. So, what went down here? I feel like there's a story here that you have to tell me.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you took me really back.
0: Because <laughs> I remember yeah. you guys winning the competition. And then, yeah, I was kind of like, "Well, and now,
1: (laughs) yeah, where do I even start?" Okay, so I saw I saw this uh competition. You know, at that moment, that when I was really drawn to uh to electronic music, you know, Mm. the audience, the lighting, you know, the festivals. You know, like I was always on um on on Facebook and YouTube checking this live. you know, live streams, you know, of festivals, events and all that, you know, lectures and so many exciting things that involved uh, electronic music. So I went to Chigo and I was like, yo, dude, I saw this competition and I think we can do it, you know, because he had uh, CDJs. He's actually the one that taught me how to how to DJ. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we were having dinner to get together at his place, and um, we started selecting music. You know, and I was like, "Yo, dude, I have this new music that I had, and I really like it. You know, I like I like how the melodies blend together. You know, I like the progressions." I like the drops and all that, you know. Then I played him the music while while we were having uh, dinner. And he was like, yo, this music is very huge. Then I went to Facebook. I was like, you haven't seen anything. You know, look at the pictures. Look at the events. Look at the lighting. Look at how crazy the audience is. You know, this is the kind of scene I want to be a part of, you know. And uh, he was like, "Ah, dude, but how do we go about it? And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been waiting for. I saw this uh, competition online and I think you and I can go for it, you know, with the experience that we have in, in the DJing uh, scene and the music production scene. I think uh, we can win this competition. Then he was like, yeah, but so many great artists out there and I was like you know, let's just give it a try I think we spent the whole night um, recording a mix, didn't come out well cancelled, recorded another one, didn't come out well I think after the fourth time, that's when we got uh, the mix right and the competition was closing the next day, so that means we had to work on this mix and send it immediately because otherwise we wouldn't Uh, have an opportunity to be considered for the competition. We worked on the mix. We were both happy. We took like an hour just listening to the mix. You know, that was like 3, 4 a.m. We were both happy with the mix. Then we uploaded, I think it was on Mixcloud. Yeah, we uploaded the mix on Mixcloud. And uh, we sent it over to the guys at... uh, Bridges for music, yeah. (laughs) Bridges for music, yeah. They were working together in association with uh, CTEMF and Dice. You know, I only entered for that competition because I so wanted to meet up with Dice. He played a very huge role in, you know, the music that I listened to. You know, like he used to be one of the biggest even now he is one of the biggest electronic uh dance music dj and producers so yeah we entered for for the competition you know and i think they had to reply we entered on a thursday on a friday they told us that our mix has been uh selected and um we are on the top 10 and uh, they'll give us more details you know so the event was on on saturday you know and they had to reply to us on friday then we didn't get the message and then we were like ah oh, we didn't win the competition on Saturday, we never checked our social media because we were so demoralized. You know, we never checked our emails and all that. Like, ah, oh, dude, we didn't make it. Then I think maybe around four on a Saturday, you know, the event was happening at the time in Kanye Kaniyakayalisha. Everybody was having fun out there and I was like, let me actually check my emails. I go to my emails and I actually get a message from uh, Bridges for Music saying that we have won the competition. So our set was at 6 p.m. and uh, we haven't uh, prepared our set. You know, we still have to make sure that we refresh. We look so nice because we're playing at one of the biggest events. Uh and uh, also we were coming from Mabopane now, which is like really far from uh, Midrand. You know, on the lineup, there was uh, Lokota, Gulo Song, Transmix Soul, you know, Shimza. I mean, we were really excited to be. I think we were uh, playing right after Transmix Soul and uh, opening for Gulo Song. I mean, we were really excited because Chigo the Groove really, really, really liked Gulo the Song so much, you know. So, um, unfortunately, we couldn't make it to the venue because we didn't have transport at the time. They only replied to us on the day, on the day of the event, you know. So, we were not expecting uh, to get a reply on on a Saturday. But, however... You know, it was not uh, it was not a train smash. You know, it showed me and absolutely Chico. It shows the both the both of us that uh, we got this. You know, uh, we made it through. Then that means uh, you know it it was like a qualification. That means we actually uh, qualify to be part of the. Uh, electronic music scene.
0: I see. Yeah. So this was <laughs> an instance where you didn't screw up, the organizer screwed up. Because, like, I've spoken to a lot of musicians over the years where, like, they've been yeah. hungover or, you know, they, like, yeah. Brian Murgatroyd completely just missed his set, at one of the biggest festivals in the world, because he got the time zone oh. wrong. Like... It yeah. wasn't even you, they sent you the yeah. email on the same day, not CTMF.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was um that was not so professional, you know, because we it, it takes time for a DJ to prepare music to decide on what they're going to play. Exactly. Especially yeah, you know, so for me, yeah, it was like one of those uh lifetime opportunities I missed you know, but also I was like really uh grateful to have uh to have made it through to the top ten
0: you know exactly. because it we was have
1: a- so many yeah
0: it was an affirming moment for your music like you you got the confidence yeah. to go okay, this is cool we're on the right path but then yeah. in 2018 yeah. you decide to submit your music to Red Bull music academy. And you get chosen as one of the <laughs> sixty other finalists with uh, Jakinda from from Stiff Pop, Um, to attend yeah. the twentieth anniversary of the Red Bull Music Academy program. Like,
1: Academy. what's go,
0: what's going yeah. through your mind when you read an email like that? I mean, because that's proper mm. life changing stuff.
1: So, yeah, I was in my studio at the time. I was going through a lot, you know didn't even know what to do was trying to make music nothing was happening you know i didn't have like inspiration you know creative juices uh we're gone <laughs> and then i go to my phone i'm like oh let me check my emails you know and uh Yeah, and I get this email from, I didn't even read, go through the whole email. I only saw the subject saying, uh, welcome Welcome to to the the Red Bull Bull Music Music Academy. Academy. Uh, And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Uh, I didn't have anybody to speak to about this. So the only thing I could do, I ran out of my studio, you know. And I was like screaming. I remember I called Bongani, you know, I was like, yo, Bongs, uh, I made it through to the Red Bull, uh, you know, Music Academy thingy. And I remember <laughs> I called my dad, you know. <laughs> I remember I called my dad. He was at work. And I was like, yo, you know, I made it through you know and he was uh he was so proud you know because yeah i mean something that i that i've always wanted i applied for the music academy before i think it was in paris and uh my application didn't uh go through so when i went to cape town uh to visit my cousin some uh some guy happened to introduce me to uh T. Waters, who's who's the uh, studio manager at uh Red Bull Studios in Cape Town and uh he was like yo dude I've been playing your music I played your tracks on the Valentines uh stay true uh show the the shows they used to do with uh Boiler Room and he went to youtube immediately and he was like yeah here's the mix i played one of your tracks and he was like dude have you tried applying for the uh red bull music academy and i was like yeah i did you know but uh it was rejected and i'm not motivated anymore you know and he was like "Yo, dude let me invite you for for a studio session then i went to studio you know, then I worked on music. I saw a lot of people coming in to apply for, for the Red Bull Music Academy. And I was like, nah, I'm not going for it this year. You know, it's only when I got back home to Pretoria, I was like, oh, actually, why am I not going for this? You know, why am I selling myself so short? Mm-hmm. So I I did a mix, you know, because they... they uh, when you apply for the academy, they'll request a mix from you and uh, you need to have like five tracks, five of your own tracks. You know, then uh, on the last day, I mean, the applications were closing. On the last day, I woke up in the morning. I go to four ways, Red Bull offices and four ways. I go there, I open up my laptop, you know, I'm trying to write uh, my music in a CD. You know, my um, my CD-ROM decided not to function. Uh, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, and I asked one of the guys at the office, yo, can you help me? I need to write music in, in a CD. You know, and he was like, no, we don't have uh, laptops with... Uh, cd readers and i was like oh man what am i gonna do that's the office park you know i was like okay let me shop around i went
0: okay but also can we can we talk about why red bull are wanting you to write a cd like (laughs) could you not could they not have asked you to like put it on a flash drive or something do you know what i mean or like upload it to dropbox (laughs) anyway side note (laughs) remember
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what that that was my thought, you know, because <laughs> I had USBs and all that, you know, but like I think um uh, they like to to keep things more old school, you know, because you go there there's a analog uh vinyl re- or record player, you know, there's a, there are tape machines and all that, you know, so they like to keep uh things very uh, very old school. According to them, if 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 CDs were uh, didn't exist at all, they'd ask us to put uh, music in a in a vinyl. <laughs> you know, because That's so interesting USBs, yeah, USBs. It's not just their thing. Those people, they're very they're very old. You know, they've been in the music game for the longest time. You know, so they they like to keep that old culture going. You know, mm-hmm. instead of uh, following this uh, new uh, digital world, which is currently uh, taking over.
0: <laughs> but I interrupted you. You. Know, you were talking about going to the Red Bull offices in four ways and looking for a place oh, to to yeah. write a CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. To- we totally sidetracked.
1: Yeah. So uh, I went to, it was as I was shopping around, I went to uh, Plascon. There was a Pluscon office there. I saw like this the guy place. there and I was like, oh, yeah, the paint place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to the guy and I was like, yo, dude, I need your help, you know. And uh, he was like, I told him what I needed, you know, and he was like, yo, dude, I can do that for you, you know, but like, my bosses are looking at me now, you know, drop your stuff here. Drop your CD and your USB. I'll do exactly as you requested. And uh, come after 10 minutes to get your stuff. I gave him the stuff. 10 minutes later, I went back to him. And uh, all my music was put in one CD. You know, I asked him to just do an MP3 because I was running out of time. Uh, I think it was at around half 11.00. And uh, applications were closing at twelve midday.
0: You really so, like to you I really like to cut it fine, like CTMF the day before the <laughs> deadline, Red Bull like an hour before. <laughs> 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 I'm sensing a pattern with you here. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think I only draw motivation. You know, like. In the last minutes, you know, oh, that's just me Trust you
0: know, me, I yeah. understand My producers of TikToks <laughs> are listening to this right now They're like, uh-huh, yeah, literally the last minute, if at all
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when I got the, um, the guy who was sending stuff to the courier service Was there already, you know And I was like, yo, dude, hang on, wait for my application and Then he was like, yeah, cool stuff and um, I put my stuff in the envelope, I put my name on it, and yeah, gave it to him. And yeah, that was the end of the story. <laughs> the and rest that was history. it.
0: And the, you know, that was we, it. we had Guloda Song on season two of Text Talks, yeah. and he spoke about how yeah. being accepted into the Red Bull Music Academy opened his eyes to the power of music, those were his words. Yeah. and. W- and how I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time that he'd been overseas as well. Uh, yeah. And I remember your year in 2018, the Red Bull Music Academy was in Berlin. Ich hab noch einen in Berlin. Um, and it was also yeah. because it was the 20th anniversary, uh, it was the place that the academy started. So it was all like really, it was a really special year for you to be a part that of. Yeah, it was a
1: very special year. Very, very special.
0: But, but what does that mean? Being chosen for that, what does that mean for your confidence as an artist and as a creator to be one of sixty artists picked from all of the mm-hmm. world?
1: Yeah, going through the email and seeing that I've been selected for the twentieth uh, anniversary in Berlin. You know, it has always like it has always been my dream to. Uh, to, to to go to Europe especially Berlin <laughs> you know because what I do is much more in relation with with uh, what's happening in in Berlin you know? definitely um, yeah so for me to actually get a message to get an email that I've been invited to uh, to come to a country that I'm so obsessed <laughs> about you know, was uh, really uh, life-changing, you know, and also knowing that I'm going to be uh, part of the Red Bull Academy with so much uh, talented uh, producers, you know, and mm. uh, music composers, you know, creators. That's something I've never seen in a lifetime. You know, it was like, it was a mind-blowing uh experience, you know, it kind of uh, made me realize that uh, I'm not in the wrong path, you know, because sometimes you get in studio and you do the music that sounds in a certain way that's not appealing to the local ears, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, yeah, then uh, getting selected for such a big you know movement or such a huge initiative uh boosted my uh you know boosted my ah oh, sorry about that i'm so emotional right now <laughs> no don't apologize you know yeah it boosted yeah it boosted my confidence um you know because there was i i know there was a point in my life where i wasn't uh, so confident about my sound, you know, comparing myself with other artists and all that, you know, but at this point of time, I realized how much of an impact my music has internationally, you know so yeah, the whole uh the whole two weeks that I spent in Europe you know uh completely changed. How I do things, how I look at things, you know, how I see myself as an artist, you know, like it's, oh man, it was very mind-blowing. I saw, like, I was amongst the best of the best.
0: Yeah, like the proper cream of the crop.
1: Yeah, exactly. I saw artists, like, creating music from nothing, you know, no software, no Daw, you know, just creating music from from nothing, you know. So that's an experience that compares to nothing I've experienced to to date. It's a very uh, special moment that will always hold uh, a special place in my heart. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you mentioned being incredibly obsessed with Berlin. And I'm very jealous that you've been. Uh, it's a city that's <laughs> sort of very high on my bucket list. But tell me what it is yeah. about Berlin and the music scene specifically that you're so obsessed with.
1: Yeah. Uh, Berlin is very rich when it comes to art. You know, the people are very uh, committed the government is also committed to protecting and supporting the uh, the Berlin uh, music culture. It must be know. nice. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they really are supporting uh, the the music culture so much, you know. So for me to be in in such an environment where you know everybody's just. Uh, Excited about going out at a nice lab to go see, um, you know, to go see a big DJ playing. And they go out in numbers, you know, and it's very safe. The cops everywhere, you know, checking on you guys, where you're going and all that, you know.
0: Sure. Again, must be nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very safe place to, 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 to. <laughs> to go out, you know, to go out and and party or to go out for a job at, you know. So yeah, for me, it was like, it was like something new, something I haven't uh, experienced, you know, uh, till this day, you know, the commitment, the people, the support, you know, like music, it's yeah, music is like music is like a, The air that we breathe you know in europe they breathe they eat you know music it's yeah, you know, the culture it's just uh it's just uh beyond what we what we think we know right now you know uh with the with all the um you know the government you know the you know the cops you know transport being so much involved in making sure that this music culture is so alive you know it's something very special you know um they always make sure that the history remember that uh, berlin holds a very um big history in and, and music mm-hmm. you know so they make sure that uh at all costs uh they protect that you know they make sure that it's always been kept uh alive you know from clubs that sound is very proper you know i played at paloma bar uh at at cortis back the audience was very nice you know i met people from switzerland who came all the way you know all the way from Switzerland uh, to party in, in Berlin, there were people from Amsterdam who came all the way, you know, to party in, in Berlin. You know, it really shows how uh, how how special uh, Berlin is. You know, it shows uh, it shows how much uh, special their music culture is. You know. And how much is being invested in in their in their uh, music culture, you know? So everything's, everything everything in Berlin is just uh, top notch. The sound, the clubs, the DJs, everything is just uh, it's just out of this world, man.
0: You know, you've only released singles, and you've mentioned before that you're not planning on creating an album anytime soon, which I find quite interesting. And given the way that the world consumes music these days. What are your general views on albums versus singles and the way that you do things versus maybe how other DJs do things?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think moving so much into the uh, digital world, you know, things have changed. You know, unlike uh, the old and good times where you'd buy a CD and uh, you were forced to listen to the whole uh, CD, if it's 10 tracks, you listen to all tra- uh, 10 tracks, even though you had maybe three or four favorites, you know, but you would listen to the full album while driving in your car. Now the whole thing has took like a different uh, dimension, you know, because uh, people only would only go online online. To listen to one track over and over, over and over, Mm -hmm. you know, not even, uh, not even in a single time, listening to other tracks that you've made, you know. So that's my perspective of uh, albums. And I think I saw uh, Lars Berenroth uh, commenting on on someone's status about the same things, uh, the same thing that uh, the only way to actually go about it now is to release uh single tracks frequently you know instead of uh releasing an album you know because when you release an album people will obviously have one or two favorite uh favorite tracks in in your album and obviously they'll automatically uh listen to those uh three tracks you know every time they driving they'll have the three tracks on their playlist Mm. you know so um for me it's like i give you a single track you have no choice you're going to listen (laughs) to this i like that you know
0: i like that but i mean you know before before lockdown you could slip a new song into a set to sort of test the waters you know and see how the audience is going to respond to it before you would release it yeah but how do you test something now to decide if it's worthy of being released as a single? Like who have you substituted for your audience?
1: Mm, yeah. So basically when I make a track in, in studio, I'll upload it on uh, SoundCloud and I'll get uh, feedback from, you know, uh, record label owners, like, you know guys who have uh, a huge influence in the music uh, industry you know so before i even go do the uh test before i test drive my tracks you know uh, i i want to get some input from uh from people who have uh, uh who have uh the longest experience in the industry people who understand uh music you know so basically, I get some input, and uh, if I have to fix anything, I'll go back to studio and do that. So whenever I play my track, I'm hundred percent sure that uh it's it's finished. You know, it's it's complete. I'm not uh I'm not out there uh taking a chance with a newly mm-hmm. produced uh track from studio and. Just uh, testing the waters. I know, uh, for an, for a matter of fact, that um, I got input from the from the industry's very best, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, whenever or the day I decide to test drive uh, the track, um, it's going to create some sort of uh, traction to uh, those who understand the picture that I'm trying to to paint.
0: Hmm. But yeah. I mean, from knowing you and working with you over the last two years, one of the things that I really, really like about you is the fact that even before you were signed to Armin Van Buren's label, and even before you had a team, you would like hit me up yourself and your emails would be yeah. like so Professional and they'd be so straight into the point, and you'd be like, yo, text, I have a song. Well, not like that, but but you'd you'd set the oh, email out yeah. so nicely. And it's always really great when you know you've got an artist or you've got a DJ that's making amazing music, but also while they're still representing themselves, they've got this air of professionalism about <laughs> them. So I mean, I'm not surprised that in quite a short space of time you know you've signed to one of the world's most influential electronic labels like one of the five south african artists signed to the label the first black african yeah. artist to sign with them like you've you've pretty <laughs> you know you've been racking up those milestones in in quite a short space of time and i wanted to talk to you specifically about diamonds because i remember when you hit me up about that song Um, and Black Coffee also added that to a Spotify playlist that he uh, curated, which was also, like, gigantic. And then I think Apple Music also selected it as one of their best 100 songs of 2020. Exactly,
1: yeah. Like, I I
0: mean, Diamonds just, like, exploded for you. And do you (laughs) sit back and do you, like, pop open a beer or pour yourself a whiskey or whatever, and you're like, finally, (laughs) it's about time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I do that I do that a lot you know I do that a lot
0: good and you should you should celebrate those milestones
1: yeah yeah I do I really do hey (laughs) so I think uh it was in 2019 uh yeah 2019 or Uh, uh, during festive season I was like yo this year I'm not going anywhere everybody's going out for parties everybody's going out to have fun and I was like nah this year I'm not going anywhere I'm gonna lock myself in studio and uh, work on new music you know because I had already uh, I already had a plan that I want to send my music to Amara Music to Anjuna, you know, because that's the step that I uh, wanted to take at the time, you know. So I locked myself in studio and uh, I produced a bunch of tracks, maybe maybe 15 solid tracks, and uh, I sent them through to Amada. And uh, did you send
0: them through five minutes before they were due? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no i sent them to Amada, and yeah you're lying no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um a couple of weeks later i got a reply from them saying that yo dude um we we like your music you know you produce really nice music and uh we'd like to have a chat with you. You know, then uh, we created a WhatsApp group, you know, where we spoke about my music, the direction, you know, my vision, and all that, you know, all the great things, you know, that any producer would be, you know, would be happy about. And um, yeah, they selected uh diamonds at the time it was just at lean beat you know they selected diamonds as their uh, uh, first preferred track from the badge that i had sent and uh, yeah they sent it through to uh, to felix they actually sent it sent it to his uh publisher yeah, they've sent it to his publisher and they were like, "Yo, we like this track and we think it can be like a really uh big track." Anyway, long story short, fast forward, the track is signed to Amada Music, you know, it's being supported by uh Above and Beyond from uh the owners of uh Anjuna. You know, it's been supported by Elk Lane. The owner of uh Days Like Nights, you know, Shane 54. Shane 54 also selected it as, as one of the top tracks of 2020. I think it's the second track from his selection. You know, I'm talking about big artists in Europe. <laughs> you know, this is some of the biggest and most influential uh artists in in Europe, you know, to have my track featured on the uh, on the Anjuna Apple Music playlist, you know, to do that radio show for uh, for Amada Music, you know, I mean, yeah, to be selected for Apple Music uh, top hundred songs of twenty twenty to get support from Black Coffee, which is like someone I really. Uh, I really look up to, you know, I get so emotional whenever I watch his videos and he's talking about his music and all that, you know. Yeah, it's incredibly inspirational. Yeah, yeah. So getting support from him and his team, especially for a track that's... uh, not in the spectrum of music that he normally plays you mm-hmm, know
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's um, yeah it's really it's really inspiring it's like him saying to me yo dude uh, we can see you you in your own lane you know and you're doing good in your own lane we can see you and we're going to support you you know
0: no, precisely yeah. and I think in the case of black coffee it's talent recognizing talent um, yeah. because I think that you've joined yeah. the ranks of South Africans, specifically black South Africans who've paved the way for electronic <laughs> music on an international level. I mean, we've mentioned black coffee. We mentioned Gulo de song, yeah. like infiltrating yeah. a European scene with different interpretations of a South African sound. But what does it mean for you to be able to represent South African dance in such a massive way so early on in your career? Because I know that you've still got <laughs> massive heights that you're going to climb.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's very special. You know, sometimes I look myself in the mirror and, you know, sometimes I'd go on my phone. You know, when you take a selfie, I'll switch the camera for selfie mode. And I'm like, oh, man, is this really me who's... Uh, Making this big moves, you know. You spoke about uh, me sending you emails. You know how professional they are. You know that's uh, that's how I see myself. You know, as an as an artist, I make sure that everything that I do or everything that I touch, you know, is uh, represents. You know uh, what I stands for, what I stand for. You know. So I make sure that uh, from my music to the way I communicate with, uh, you know, with uh, people on on emails, you know, I make sure that uh, there's always that sign of uh, respect, you know, there's always that professionalism, you know, there's always that passion. When somebody reads my email, they can tell that this person is, uh passionate you know they can feel the energy you know <laughs> so um uh, for me you know pushing this uh great move great moves and reaching this uh great heights you know and um you know with no support from i mean i'm doing all this on my own you know so it's it's very inspiring it gives me the push to uh you know to keep going you know because yeah sometimes you have doubts and all that you know but uh the heights that i've reached uh so far i don't have uh any doubts about about anything i mean i have so many especially after my release with uh amada i have uh so many great things that are coming, you know I have so many great uh, you know, labels that are, you know, are interested on working with uh, me you know Um, so many huge artists that are really uh, interested I remember not so long ago I was speaking to uh, to Days Like Nights uh, label Boss, I think last night and he mentioned you know, how Uh, beautiful my music is you know getting that from you know such huge guys it's such an inspiration you know so yeah um i'm i'm just inspired by you know how this whole thing is going how you know uh my music is being received you know especially by people that i really uh i really look up to
0: I think that inspirational is a very succinct word to use in your case because we've got a lot of kids <laughs> that listen to the show and I think that your story yeah. is one of, it doesn't really matter where you're from, if you're from
1: yeah, exactly. the no. hood
0: or you're from a nice little, like cute little suburb there somewhere. <laughs> if you yeah it
1: doesn't really matter
0: no it doesn't really matter if you if you work hard and you've got a certain degree of talent that will always shine through at the end of the day you know especially if it's mixed with a professionalism on your level so Cornelius I just want to thank you again for joining me today on text talks I mean we've (laughs) we've had this ongoing friendship and we've been interacting online for way too long without actually meeting so I'm telling you now, when we all feel a bit more comfortable with going out again, I owe you a few tequilas I have not forgotten.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh, that's really exciting. I can't wait.
0: for joining me in studio. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Be sure to check out texttalks.com for more episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or listen to Text Talks on all good streaming platforms. Also a huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store, for being the most incredible technical supplier. From myself, Tex, our producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and our research assistant Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side.